So you're probably selling online already, but should you be selling at craft markets or shows? In this episode, we're going to talk about why, even though you might be focusing on online selling, you are probably missing a trick if you're not trying out craft markets and shows. What are the benefits? And uh, you might be surprised by the very last one that we say. This is episode 36 of the Business of Making podcast. Let's get into it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. G'day everyone, Jess here. Welcome back to the Business of Making podcast. I'm here with my compatriots, Deb. Hello. And Michaela. Hello. Oh, you got a Michaela today. Ooh. (laughs) And uh, we're back again with another episode, which we hope you enjoy. And before I dive in, this is going to be about markets and shows, craft fairs, whatever the heck you want to call it, the place you go where you sell your stuff in a hall or a, you know, a, a building or whatever with other people. There's so many different names for these things, but we all know what we're talking about. We're going to talk about, you know, why, why would you do this? Why would you go and do markets, especially if you sell online? If, you know, if you sell online exclusively at this point or, you know, it's easier to sell online, why would you bother? That's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, I want to share a really lovely review that we received um, on iTunes from Fluffstar who said, excellent advice is the title, and the review is, I found this podcast via Create and Thrive. I've been listening to Jess on and off for the last five years. If I'm honest, had I listened harder at the beginning, it probably wouldn't have taken me five years to get where I am with my business. This new venture brings the best of all three of these established handmade business teachers and also creates something that is uniquely its own by allowing laughter, disagreements, and alternative viewpoints that you might not get if you only take your own advice for, if you only take your advice from one person. I love podcasts because I can listen as I work, unlike videos. It's like sitting and chatting with like-minded friends who are further ahead in the game than you. Working on a handmade business can be very isolating if you work from home. Having these three chatting in my ears with sensible, honest advice while I'm working makes it feel like I'm part of a community rather than an island sitting in my workshop on my own. Keep it up. Thank you so much. This is it's so nice. Really, this is um, yeah, a bit so like nice. Danny last week. We had another review that was saying the sense of community I come from listening mm-hmm. to other people in the same kind of sphere and realizing like, hey, because I'm in my pajamas in my workshop right now, working on my kitchen table, <laughs> well, you know, doesn't mean that I'm alone in this and there's a bunch of people who are going through the same thing. And I really like that we've been able to, you know, create a community for that. So yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think... I think it's something, the three of us here together, I think that is something unique and special, you know, because we are a a little community of the three of us having these conversations. And I think it really does make people realize that they can also have these conversations perhaps with other people and that that exists out there and we can find it and and be part of that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Which is lovely. 
So speaking of community and finding other people and communicating with fellow makers, that segue. is one of the reasons. Yeah, segue. <laughs> that is one of the reasons to do craft shows or markets, mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion. So let's just start with that one because that's that's a nice one. And that's one that I hear a lot of people say that the reason they love doing markets is because they love interacting with fellow makers and their customers. Yeah, yeah I, that's, yeah, I don't know where to start because I have a few things to say. <laughs> um, you I must know. Know. And then I just ramble on. I hope it makes sense. Anyway, um, one of my students uh, who went through my academy was saying that what the the way that she got her uh, product to be so awesome was literally going to markets and talking to people. That was like all she did for a year was literally just talk to people as they came up. What is your problem? What because she did um, like sort of wheat packs, but they were filled with rice. So it was like remedial type whatever. but talking about not only what it looks like, but what the actual physical limitations were and just talking to them every single week for one year. And she did that as a process to improve her product, not necessarily to actually sell the products at the markets. So she had an ulterior motive really for even going mm-hmm. to the markets anyway. So I think talking to customers is just so, so important to make sure that your product is on point. And it's what they want and you mm-hmm. can improve it and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the other thing I was going to say was that when I used to, which might throw a spanner in the works for this episode, when I used to do markets myself selling my own products, I hated, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I'm such an introvert, I did not like selling my own products. So I loved the idea that my store was there. I loved setting up. I loved the visual merchandising part of it. I loved um, making the products and putting them out and I liked getting money off people, um, but I did not like interacting with people. So uh, near the end of my sort of handmade um, selling journey before I sort of pivoted to what I'm doing now, um, I would hire people to be my seller because I hated it. So there's that. I think you need to really like be aware of, um, what you like, what parts of being at markets you enjoy, but don't let that put you off because I didn't just stop going to markets mm. because I didn't like the interaction. I worked out a way to get around that. So my product and my brand was still there and I was still getting the feedback from customers, but it was just going through somebody else. Mm. So there's mm. a few things here. There was first community that Jess, you mentioned, then there's the, no, no, that's great. Um, and then there was the actually using that to improve your products and, you know, tweak your messaging, understand how to talk to your customers, even online, because you've learned stuff offline. Mm. Um, and then what to do if you don't like the market. So yeah, maybe I reckon we go back to each of those points because we could talk about a bit more about all of them. Mm. Um, the community one is really interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Jess. Oh, I was going to say my own experience with the market. So I was just going to kind of share that just to get perspective on what we're talking about. Um, I did it in the beginning. Same, same sort of thing, like, because I wanted to get my brand out there. I wanted to kind of meet people and become part of the community. I felt, again, the whole isolation thing. And this was like back in 2008. So there wasn't really, Instagram didn't exist. Pinterest mm. didn't exist. There, there wasn't this real big feeling online of a sort of a craft community. Uh, I had an Etsy team. That was my, that was my community and they were fantastic and I couldn't, wouldn't be here without them. Um, but 
So I went out and did markets and I, I joined Bristol, which is like a, mm. a craft guildy organization in Brisbane and ended up being the vice president of that. And like, so I was involved in that for a, n- a number of years and it was really valuable again, because I made connections. I networked um, with mm. other makers. hundred oh, um, percent. Sorry. I didn't mention that at all, but yeah. the networking. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. And like getting support that way and supporting other people and learning from them. Um, and just, you know, a lot of those people will end up being your customers as well because they make something different. Uh, that market research again, seeing what people were drawn to. Um, I did a wedding expo once with my wedding rings just to try it out and see what impact that would have on my business. And I have not done a market for maybe six years now. Mm. <laughs> so why like again I don't really enjoy I don't really enjoy them look okay I enjoy them occasionally I I, I there's uh, like you said Mick there's aspects of them I enjoy I enjoy um networking and talking to my colleagues I enjoy I even enjoy t- talking to my customers and stuff what I don't enjoy is getting up early in the morning <laughs> packing all of my crap up and schlepping it off to somewhere I li- I, li- I don't live close to play like all mm. of the markets and stuff I was doing were like an hour away or more yeah. and it was like oh I just didn't enjoy that I wanted my weekends to be for me to do what I wanted to do with them um what was the other thing I'm sure there was something else as well but Oh, that's the thing. That was actually the main thing at the end of the day is that my my product line developed to the point where I only have made to order now. Back then I had heaps of products because I was making lots of new products all the time. So I had a lot of prototypes and I was experimenting with new designs. and So I always had lots of stock lying around. Now I don't. So it doesn't make sense to, for me to do markets because I don't have stock I would have to literally make stock for the markets and then not know if that would sell. And mm. because my business model is these days purely around someone pays me money and then I make the thing, that's how I like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That community thing is super important. I don't know. If, I don't think I've actually shared that with anyone before. I just realized, but I did a few markets myself as a vendor, like as a person that sells stuff with Nick, because we started doing, we were printing. His brother is like a really good photographer like surf photography kind of wave type thing. And we're printing them on wood and different support and then oh, selling cool. that in Bondi for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mostly Nick and I was just kind of more there to support and so that he's not alone behind this table. And then I was more getting clients because I was going to the other store and going like, hey, I can help you with this and that. Because <laughs> I was freelancing, doing website and all. And people were like, oh, you know, I'd love to like sit online, but I don't know how to. And I was like, meet me. Um, but it was, I really enjoyed that part of the community, which is not something I really realized before going into it was going to be so big, but you get there so much early, like you get there before people actually come to the market Mm. and the all like unpacking and packing and setting up and all of that is really great. And we met so many great people that, and it's so local in my case, just it was different because I live like five minute walk from there. So all these people were local too. And then we sort of started hanging out more because, we met that day. So, you know, when I'm thinking about all these reviews that we get from people on the podcast, for example, saying that sense of community and not being alone, like that's a great way to really get out there and meet new people. And I think that's, you know, really important to have like your support system in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even from competitors, there was this other lady, she was doing amazing thing, like photography printed on like cards and things. And we were like in front of each other, which was like super awkward because we were like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> we still couldn't have been put like in a different location in the market. But she was really lovely about it. She was doing that for so much longer than we were. And she was just giving us so many tips and going like, yeah, that hasn't really worked for me. You guys should try this or that. 
and yeah, that was really nice. So community, community always a, a big one for me. That's awesome. Mm. I remember um, one time when I went to the market, another benefit of doing a live market is for people obviously to see your thing. So if you're already selling online and, um, you know, it's a thing that people want to pick up and hold and I'm doing all these hand motions that the girls can see. And you go, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really good for people to be able to see it so they might not buy it straight away. But then, you know, if they're looking for something down the track, then they'll remember that they saw your thing. Mm. But um, one thing that markets are really good for, especially if it's a big market, like a big designer market or something, is to actually get email list signups. Mm. So I used to... I. One one time I went to the market, I was doing a giveaway, a jewelry giveaway, and the prize was worth maybe 50 bucks. Like it was, you know, a couple of different little necklaces worth $20 each or whatever. Um, and I got like almost 200 signups from my email list. Like that's amazing for, mm. you know, just people walking through and for not a very big prize sort of thing. So if you equate that to what you would spend maybe in online advertising Oh, dollars, that's amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, you need to offset offset that with the cost of what the actual store is costing you, especially at those big markets, they, they can be very expensive. Um, but like, don't discount the fact that markets are a promotional exercise, not just a selling exercise. Mm. I, I regularly say that to my, um, you know, students and customers and whoever is coming through that they're, they're really worried about doing a market because they won't sell anything. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Use it as a promotional exercise. Get your name out there. You have to though, be really sure that you are um, doing that to your best ability. You can't just show up and sit there and not sell anything and also not get any email signups mm. and not get your card out mm. or flyer out to anybody. Like then it's just a waste of money and time. Mm. But if you're getting people to actually, um, you know, converse with you and maybe you're getting your business card or flyer into their hand and they're taking it home, you're getting them onto your website somehow and then hopefully onto your list, like that is very beneficial, very beneficial. Mm. I think for, for going to a, a physical market. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. Mm. I think you're totally missing a trick if you don't have an email, like a, a really obvious email sign up and a way to like um, something to entice them. Like a giveaway yeah. is a great idea. Another thing you should 100% have is your Instagram and or Facebook. Well, probably both ideally, but Instagram definitely yeah. handle somewhere really obvious that yeah. people can see it because yeah. when I go to a market, that's what I do is I walk around and if I see a stall that I'm really interested in, I literally pull up my Instagram app, look them up and follow them on Instagram. Yeah, Exactly. It's immediate, <laughs> right? So to get people onto your list, it's not immediate. People are not going to pull out their phones and then go to your website and sign up to your list. Like it's not going to happen. I would venture, <laughs> I would venture to say that that's going to happen less than 1% of the time, right? Yeah. That's, I don't know, that might be a bit got bold. But anyway, it's, it's never going to, hardly ever going to happen. But the Instagram thing is so instant. People will do it there on the spot and then they're following you and you can follow them back and you have that digital connection like immediately. It's amazing. It's That that didn't happen five, ten years ago. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, Instagram wasn't even a thing ten years ago. Yeah. Which totally is funny to, to think about that. Like, yeah, but crazy. it's true. Um, with that email thing, just a quick little tip as well, something that I've really liked because I go in and when I go to the market, I'm like this crazy lady that like puts everyone on Instagram, gets all of the business cards and flyers, anything that's been printed that I can get, I'll take it home. And then <laughs> I sign, sign up for every email list because I want to see what people, how they follow up. And also because sometimes I'm like, I love your products. Um, and what I love in when people email that specific groups because usually 
because it's not like people, as you were saying, don't get their phone out of their pocket and go on your website to sign up. Mm-hmm. Usually you just have like a, literally like a notebook or a piece of paper or something where people write their email and then you yes. have to manually put them into your email service provider, which is a bit of a pain, but you know, it's worth yeah, it. Especially when there's 200 of them. Yeah, it's, it's, a pain. it's a pain. Yeah. But 200 of them, it's also really worth it. <laughs> And, you know, just outsource that to your kid or your neighbor's kid and give them $15 and go, hey, put that in the database. (laughs) There you go, hiring people. Uh, No, but, and then just that specific group of people, so say those 200 people, send them an email just for them that no one else is getting that says, hey, we've met Sunday at name of the suburb or area, you know, or village or whatever, because that's really personal. And that makes them, because they're not going to remember They, you know, they, if you email them, like if the next newsletter that you send is in two weeks time, they're not going to have a clue who you are, what that business name is. Most likely they're not going to open. You're going to end up in spam. They're not going to care. You know what I mean? It's just so uh, straight away the Monday or the Tuesday saying, Hey, we met uh, Sunday, remember, or something like that, that seems friendly. And then people open to say, just wanted to say, hi, I've added you to my list. Thank you so much for your interest. Uh, you'll be receiving this and this and that from me. That's really lovely. Cause then it's like, Oh yeah, cool. I remember her. I put a name to the f- a face to the name and name to the face. That wasn't going to work. So yeah, I think that that works really well. So even if you didn't make sale, then you can bring them back to your online store. Yeah. Two things with that one, actually put a photo of yourself in there if you're at the market stall. Mm. So literally they see your face again and go, Oh yeah. Number two, if you've got a spare tablet, use that to get people to sign up Mm -hmm. immediately into (laughs) so much easier. Yeah. I love that. And it feels so fancy too. Like it feels like the maker has got their shit together. Like you're like, Oh my God, they've got like a tablet for me to sign up. Like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. Like it just feels so good. You know, you feel like they've really thought of everything, but it's fine if you don't though. Like I don't have a tablet. I wouldn't Mm. be able to do that. Don't buy a tablet just for that. But you know, if you have one. You Unless you do them a lot, in which case do buy a tablet yeah, just for that. Yeah, but, you yeah. know. <laughs> the app was payment and things as well, you know, if, yeah. if you want to use that little square app or whatever it's called, um, that works with tablets and all. Anyway, we're going on a tangent here. <laughs> <laughs> we're good at that. We, we are very good at that, good at that. yeah. Um, is there anything that you should consider? Because Mick was saying, I hated doing the markets and I feel like there's also people who are listening to us are like, yeah, 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 no, I see all the benefits, but... Uh, I'm introvert. I'm very shy. There's mm-hmm. like what I, do, I look awkward behind a table. Like, can I pull up my phone and just be on Instagram? <laughs> like, what do I do? Yeah. No, no. There is. So, I think, <laughs> I think we should do a whole episode about how to actually be at, at, at market. a market. Like yeah. what are the tips to actually interact and sell more? Yeah. Um, I've got a whole course on this, so I could do like, we could talk about this for ages about all the little sales tips and stuff like that. I think we'll do that in another episode. Uh, but what I want to say about this is, okay, how serious about, are you about your business? At what stage are your business at you at? Like, I don't really want to do markets anymore because I don't, and I don't have to. Yeah. Like, because of because of the business I have developed over many many years, mm. because my business has developed in a certain direction, that my customer base is international, uh, that I I get enough sales at this point in time, that I'm happy with that. You know, I don't have to do markets. Mm. However, if I was getting to the point where, like, for some reason, my sales had like super dropped and plummeted. And, you know, my business was my livelihood. You just sometimes have to do things you don't really want to do mm, to, yeah. to survive, you know. So, um, and also if you are in the developmental stage, like, and by that I mean the first three to five years of your business, 
I think everybody should do some markets because mm-hmm. I think it is really valuable market research. As your mm-hmm. friend was saying, like she literally did it for a year and refined her product and turned it into something really fantastic. Um, it's really great market research. It's really great um, to build your profile amongst your peers as well as um, uh, amongst your potential customers. So it, it, if you are you know, serious about that, doing something like a regular market where people get to know you and get to know you're there can be an incredibly valuable business building tool. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving this podcast as much as we love bringing it to you? If so, we would love to talk to you about supporting us on Patreon. Becoming one of our patrons is a way to support the show and to help us produce it each week. You can help for as little as $1 a month and you get access to behind the scenes, extra content we won't share anywhere else, the link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. To learn more, simply go to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. And now back to the show. I think it's really um, helps to clarify your brand as well because every week or month that you're there, you're practicing your messaging in the way that you talk to people about your product and also just your confidence. Mm -hmm. Like even if you're not getting that many sales at the start, still just the way people come and they look at your stuff and you're like, oh, this is nice, then, Mm -hmm. you know, that gives you confidence in your product. So I think that's really um, important to develop as well. It's really beneficial. You can't really, I mean, you get feedback online, but it's not the mm. same. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's not yeah. Really the same. And it can help you develop your brand as well. Like if yeah. you're unsure as to what your brand is and what your product line, you know, which direction you're going to go in, doing markets is really helpful because you can experiment. Like you can set different things out on the table and mm. or put them in different places or change your color scheme or change the layout of your market stall, change all sorts of things about your branding and see mm. what works and translate yep. that to online. Mm. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what I did. <laughs> I, I started selling, I couldn't get into the market selling jewelry because they were um, oversaturated with jewelry. Mm. So I started selling fridge magnets made out of um, buttons like with different patterned paper. It was a very odd product (laughs) to start (laughs) with, really, just magnets. Um, But always under the same brand name, which was Michaela. I was very creative. Um, But that, the the brand, like even just the visual, stop laughing. No, it's super (laughs) cute. I actually really don't mind the name being Michaela. That's That's totally fine. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, But that visual branding especially developed over the years that I was doing markets because by the end I was doing my laser cut jewelry and the brand was still Michaela. And, but like I'd really honed it in over those years of going to the markets because each time, you know, and also being a graphic designer, I'm really into like the physical printing of banners and stationery and all that kind of thing. So each time I'd be like, oh yeah, my banner was good this time, but I'm going to make it better for next time and each one would you know develop and become better and it really did develop my brand as well so especially if you don't um you know we always well I would always recommend trying if you can to get professional advice on your visual brand for your logo etc but Mm. if you are developing it yourself actually going to Marcus is a good way to do that because you can look at the other stalls and see how professional they are or if they're not so much, then you can sort of analyse and go, okay, well, I don't really want it to look like that because they look like less professional and then you look at your own and go, oh, shit, I do look exactly like that so I'm going to step it up a notch for the next one, you know, so you can 
bring all that um, experience and you actually seeing and, ex- and experiencing in real life like how other people do their stalls, it mm. will help you develop yours and your overall brand as well. Yeah. I just want to say I think it's, I think it's interesting that no, at no point up to this point have we ever said anything about making money. <laughs> That's like... Also make money. It's <laughs> so not the thing. I know and, and I think it's important to point this out because I think most people doing markets, that is their, that is their focus. Yeah. They're like, I'm doing a market so I can make some money. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is not the right focus to have necessarily. Like yeah. obviously there is nothing wrong with making money. That is a good thing to do at markets. That's what we, we're all about, right? However, it is only a part of the value mm. that yeah. your business will and yourself will receive as being part, for being part of mm. a market or a show. Yeah, yeah very good point. And that I think it's such a good mindset to have because when you are going and you are solely focused on the money and then you don't perhaps don't make that much money, then you get really disappointed and you think failure. And it's not because you really have to look at all those other pieces of, again, experience, I keep saying that word, um, <laughs> that you've gained from that, uh, that, that is the value. It's not just the monetary value because mm-hmm. yeah, otherwise it's, I don't know, you just don't focus so much on that. No. And I think if you go into it with your eyes open and go, okay, Mm. even experienced marketeers have bad weeks where they just, Mm. some, the, you know, something happens and they just don't make many sales. However, if that's your first market experience, you might just give up and think, oh, well, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Uh, But it's worth persevering over a period of time and not being afraid to experiment and change things up and, uh, being in, you know, being active about it and being thoughtful about it, and, and at the same time, don't just rock up without any forethought and expect expect to be successful. Mm. Like if selling at markets is its own skill and mm. its own thing that you have to learn. So just be willing to put in the work to do that, and yeah. will reap the benefits of it. Yeah, yeah. I like that we did an episode on like why, you know, like this all sort of mindset around the market, but it'll definitely be interesting to do one on like how to act at the market, how to like those mm-hmm. mini style things that you were saying, Jess, and also how to set up properly and the things that you should think about when you're getting ready for it really much and setting up. Um, I know we're about to wrap up, but something, a quick tip that uh, came to mind as well is uh, write down the stuff that people tell you because you will forget two weeks, three weeks, three months later. And those are the keywords of market research that you're doing without really even not knowing it are really important. Like if, especially for, for your brand and for your product research. So if your brand, you're like, I don't really know what I'm about. That's kind of like what I like to create. I don't know how to define it. I know a lot of you can resonate with that because it's something that comes back all the time in my own community, which is like, I don't know. I just make this. Like, what is this? Like, what is my brand? I don't know how to define it. And it's like, well, how do people, what do people say to you when they come to your, to your booth? You know, like they say, oh, this is just so lovely and vibrant and colorful or the, you know, like what kind of adjectives that they use, write that down. And also the questions that they use that they ask you, like, mm-hmm. can I, can I wash this in the, in the, in my machine? Like, is this machine washable? Like, do you have this in like more of this color? Like, you know, write all these down because they are, they're stuff that you're going to remember for like a day and a half. And then your to-do list in your head is going to take over and you'll forget. <laughs> so yeah. it's important to write it down because these are the things that you want to have in your product listings online. If you said online as well, like, yes, benefit, it is product, uh, machine washable. Product washable. What was I trying to say there? <laughs> <laughs> machine washable. Anyway, it's just a stupid example, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So 
we've done we've done some why if you have other whys we'd love to hear what they are share them with us in our facebook group uh, thebusinessmaking.com forward slash facebook come on over and join that for free or on our instagram and hey if you enjoyed this episode and you found it valuable please share it on your instagram stories with your friends and your community so just take a screenshot or if you're listening on spotify there's a handy dandy share feature that allows you to do it right from in here and tag us at the business of making on instagram so we can say hello and probably reshare it on our stories so yeah we'd love 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 it if you would take the time to share us with your friends and community and i want to say thank you because i've um there's been a few people recently who've just gone oh i've been sharing the i've been sharing a podcast in my facebook group or here or there so thank you to everybody who has done that we really appreciate you sharing our show with them so we can help more makers to be successful Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back again next week. Bye.